Hi, and welcome to Press Pass with the Editor on the Circus Voices Network, brought to you by Circus Talk News. This is Kim Campbell. I'm the editor of Circus Talk News. If you're new to the show, this monthly news-based podcast will revolve around the circus and performing arts industry and provide front-row access to what's happening around the performance world. To start, in breaking news, a new study by RMIT University in Melbourne, Australia, finds that digital currency platforms are likely the future of street performances. Passers-by are more likely to donate larger amounts to performers via credit versus cash, the study finds. They also found that circus performers received the biggest donations. As I'm sure you know, Simone Biles made mental health history at the Olympics this year. Biles' actions as a performer on the world stage will affect the conversation about the performing arts and mental health world for the foreseeable future. We shared an article from Inside Gymnastics magazine by Gina Pangetti Angeletti. The author explains her take as a physical therapist on the reason that athletes and performing artists often feel so much pressure to perform. She says, Expectations. The fear of letting people down sometimes is so much stronger than the practical understanding that there is physical risk. Today, Biles changed that conversation. Circus Talk would like to say congratulations to the 2021 recipients of the International Jugglers Awards that are given away by IJA. These honorees are being recognized for their outstanding contributions to the circus and juggling community. I'm going to spotlight a few here. There's the Sky King Award, which is in recognition of a BIPOC member of the juggling community who's shown outstanding dedication to further diversity and equity in the juggling community. The recipient for 2021, the first time the award has been given, is Sky King herself. There's the Flamingo Club Award, highlighting a female identifying or non-binary person who's shown outstanding support, inspirational skill, or exceptional promotion of juggling. This year's recipient is Lucy Eden. There's the Excellence in Education Award, in recognition of outstanding efforts to teach juggling to non-jugglers and expand the knowledge of those who already juggle. The 2021 recipient this year is Tom Wall. One more, the IJA Extraordinary Service Award, in recognition of a consistent commitment to provide outstanding support and promotion for the field of juggling. The recipient this year is Taylor Glenn. Again, congratulations award recipients from IJA. In Circus Talk News, we published episode one of Cafe and Circo, In this new series, Hablemos de Circo investigates the circus development in different contexts. Café and Circo is their first podcast in English. Our CEO, Stacey Clark, was a guest on this episode, and she discussed circus in Latin America, casting, online platforms, and more with the hosts Roy and Julia. You can hear that podcast on Circus Talk News. This month in Circus Talk News, we also covered the Tokyo Olympics. Circus and sports, they have a lot of overlap, with some sports originating from circus and others influencing contemporary circus. Just as importantly, the heart, spectacle, and spirit of showmanship present in the Olympics can be found in the circus world as well. It was interesting for associate editor Lydia Nord and I, who co-wrote the article together, to make those connections and to find the precedents for the crossover between athleticism and art that have occurred in the Olympics. Read the article. It's called The Olympics and Circus, How They Overlap, to find out more. In the latest episode of Think Like an Acrobat with Sinead Stiletto, she and world record-breaking hoop artist and roller skater Marawa the Amazing, break down how to use social media to set goals, to stay relevant, and to move your career forward. So if you're looking for some tips on how to represent yourself on social media without getting overwhelmed, this is the discussion to check out. One of Shanae's top five takeaways from the interview is to use the same filters and content in order to keep things consistent. Now for events. Running from September 2nd to the 15th, CMAC will be hosting an online circus festival in Spanish. 
They'll have activities for circus professionals, young artists, and families that takes place in Chile. NECA in Vermont still has an in-person weekend immersion for September. The remaining workshops will focus on German Wheel and Lyra. Now for shows. I've been talking about hybrid circus festivals for a few months now, as the circus world adapts to COVID safety and waves of the virus. The festival called Physical Fest in Chicago did a really fine example of this adaptation in early July, taking advantage of the, as of then, still fairly low transmission rates to have a one-day outside festival. Here's a portion of my review. Physical Fest organizers and power couple Mark Frost and Alice DeCuna have done many things right since the beginning of their festival eight years ago, from grassroots organization to sustainable growth and local partnerships to the ever-popular scratch night for local performers. Another thing they do well is to assure that Physical Fest maintains a diverse multicultural presence in the performance world by their careful cultivation of shows and narratives that feature a variety of generations, voices, cultural heritage, genders, nationalities, and ethnicities. Physical Fest also hosted a digital component to the happenings that aligned with their tradition of offering workshops and talkbacks. On July 30th, they discussed the audio play Pangea by Limbic. The festival was small but multidisciplinary, featuring dance and roving physical theater clown characters. The ERA footwork crew performed She Pick the Speed, a feminist dance performance by a team of five talented dancers who not only impressed with their footwork, but also made their work engaging and accessible by leading a fun pre-show workshop for the whole audience on this unique Chicago dance style. Rounding out the full day of fun and interactivity, 3AM Theater's team took to the stage with their new circus show called Mindful Manipulations, playing to a packed lawn. This show, made by the Philadelphia-based circus creators Kyle Driggs and Andrea Murillo, Luna Dizzi, and Kira DiPetriantonio, was a small departure from the previous physical fest feature in 2019 titled Eventide. Their sleek performance style remained, showcasing high skill levels in juggling, dance, aerial, and contortion, but layered on top of that all, to the delight of onlookers, was a big heap of comedic timing and playful antics juxtaposed with their elegant acts. The thing I liked about Mindful Manipulations is that 3AM maintained a contemporary art veneer while digging deep into the heart of classic circus, and that's a juggling trick that many circus companies before them have tried and really bombed at. Yet they pull it off and they floated from sophisticated juggling and graceful hair-hanging one minute to lip-syncing romance and contortion challenges the next. And now, for some industry insights. The Delta variant has hit the world hard. And in the United States, especially during the months of July and August, the effects of closures and openings of performances seems to be lagging. Most smaller-scale performances were set for outdoors and thus unaffected, and the larger-scale shows have protocols that organizers currently consider to be sound for vaccinated and masked populations. Still, it remains to be seen as more science filters in about breakthrough infections as to whether the public will continue to celebrate the return of performance or if it will choose a more cautious approach. Speaking of public policy about COVID and circus, a good example of this is in two recent articles, one written by me titled, Is Big Cirque du Soleil Style Circus an Economic Indicator of Recovery for the Performing Arts? And the second titled, The Sparkles During the Pandemic in Taiwan, From Policy to Private Sector, about circus in Taiwan, written by Tai Zhong Yu, about how the government has responded to COVID with arts initiatives. Did you know Circus Talk is the source for international circus and street arts jobs? It's free to list your circus performing and admin jobs, open calls, auditions, and residencies on Circus Talk. So create your account today and start listing all the new performing arts openings and you'll reach the right pool of talent. Now for jobs. 
Green Fools Theatre Society in Calgary, Canada is looking for artists with solo circus shows, including but not limited to juggling, magic, and clown. They're open to kids shows, family-friendly shows, and adult shows. Circus Guide Agency is looking for multi-skilled solo male equilibrists with aerial acts and urban style dancers. The Works Entertainment is seeking standout acts for a secret Las Vegas project. Visit Circus Talk for access to all of our job listings. Now for our educational segment with Associate Editor Lydia Nord. Hi everyone! Welcome back to Press Pass's Education Spotlight. Since we're wrapping up graduation season, let's jump in by doing a mini Meet the Graduate. Today we have Antonia Sassine, a NICA graduate, joining us from Melbourne, Australia. After a successful diving career, Antonia began her circus training at the age of 11. She trained as a multidisciplinary aerialist and contortionist with Skadada Youth Runway Circus and was later invited to be a performer with Perth Circus Company. She has a bachelor degree in performance making and is known for her contortion straps routine. Let's hear from Antonia herself. So I began my journey at NICA in 2018. Before that, I had done a degree in theatre making at the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts. And then before that, I'd always been involved in community circus. I did the theatre degree, took a two year kind of break from everything and then for the work that I wanted to make, realised I needed to go back to technique and decided to audition for NICA and luckily got in. Uh, from there, I really wanted to specialise in contortion straps and I was lucky enough, I wasn't really strong enough in first year to be taken by the main straps coach, but luckily I had another coach who believed in me and um, I convinced her to take me on as a sling student and then moved to a more contortion straps style down the road when I built up my upper body strength. And my second specialty, I'd actually planned on doing contortion handstands because at Nike you get two specialties, but at the time I had a back injury. And so I didn't want to ask a coach to have to wait 12 months or six months for me to be better to do my actual discipline training. So I ended up doing Rusia and it's probably the best accident happy accident that's happened to me in my entire life picking Russia, I love it um so this year my year is the first year to go through with showcase and perform both acts traditionally Nike showcase they only pick one discipline and perform that but our year uh, they announced in 2019 that they were going to change the format and you were going to do both as a showcase act because they they didn't want the the idea of specialties to be a major and a minor. Sorry, I know they call it disciplines over in Europe, but we call it specialty over here, so I'm just going to say specialty. Uh, my two graduation acts and my contortion straps act is basically a love letter to kind of old Hollywood glamour cabaret style. It's basically girl in a bar in Italy having a great night. That's the best way to explain it. I wanted to do something with the years with the year that we've had to you know celebrate being out and celebrate dressing up and being beautiful and being feminine and then my Rusi uh, act is on the completely different spectrum it's about a ritual of bringing uh in spring so warding off the winter goes into summer in a more kind of contemporary theatrical style and that act is really close to me because uh, I'm originally from Western Australia and in my 
hometown in Perth. I live right near this beautiful park called Kings Park. It's this huge botanical park and you, yeah, you, you see a lot of just the native wildlife there and the native flora blossom. And it's, uh, I, last year when I decided to do this act, obviously we're in our very big first lockdown. I really miss summer. I really miss the sun and Melbourne is very cold all the time. So this really, uh, this piece became really important to me to almost as a symbol of pushing through and getting to the end. And there's always sunshine at the end. That sounds so great. I know for a lot of artists, creation during COVID has been a big struggle. So I'm always happy to hear about people's new acts. Let's hear about Antonia's post-grad plans. So my plans after graduating are somewhat set in stone, but if the last year has proven anything and if this last month has proven anything, it's that nothing is set in stone. So when I graduate, I'm booked to be a part of a show called The Barbaroi in Melbourne Fringe that's produced by a company called After Dark Theatre. I've known them for quite a while, so it's really uh, it's going to be really cool to go and do a show with friends and then after that, again, depends on the universe and what festivals are going, but I will be at Perth Fringe. I'll be doing a season of a cabaret called Circumcision, which is with a company called Headfirst Acrobats. And hopefully if everything go, goes according to plan, I will be doing a show, uh, it's called Fat Cap Club. It's a cabaret produced by Anna and Joe Fisher. Uh, they are known as like the best manipulation artists in Australia. I've been with that show since 2018. I was privileged enough to be a part of their original cast and we are hopefully going to be doing another season next year in Perth Fringe. And then I'm also going to be a part of a project, a date to be confirmed, but it's postponed. It was meant to happen this year, but it's been postponed called Mansion the Experience, which is a sight immersive circus dance horror theatre show that I was fortunate to be a part of in 2019. Uh, Bass Fam Creative took a took a chance on me as a young circus student. I just showed up, I had a friend that had been in one of his show and suggested me for an audition. So I showed up, was lucky enough to get the part and be a part of that experience. And I'm really for, looking forward to seeing how that uh, 2022 version of it is going to go. Sounds like there's a lot of great things in the work. My fingers are crossed that pandemic restrictions are kinder to the circus community this year. Let's hear Antonia's advice for upcoming circus artists. Uh, if I have any advice for upcoming and aspiring circus artists, the first one is be kind. Being kind can really just get you a long way in life and particularly in the circus industry, you will learn very quickly that the energy you put out is the energy you receive back when you're backstage always offer to help out even if it's simple things even if it's hanging out costumes or moving a prop your producer director cast members they will remember it they will remember absolutely remember you offering to help out on the little things and in terms of making work particularly for people that are currently at circus school make what you want to make don't make something that you think the industry currently wants because the industry is always changing and there's no point in putting your heart and soul into a work that you don't want to do because people can tell when it's inauthentic and make a piece that you enjoy make something that you like because in the end we're in this industry because we love circus we die for it so make sure the work that you make you love that as well 
Well, thank you so much to Antonia for being on our podcast today. It was so lovely hearing firsthand from a circus artist about their showcase acts and what it's been like to work in the industry now. Tune in next time for another Education Spotlight. Happy listening! Now for our guest interview with the Circus Boss team. Circus Boss is a small company comprised of Brock and Eile, two marketing and business coaches for the circus industry. After running an entertainment production company called Animate Objects for 15 years, they began to notice that a basic level of business planning and education was needed for many of the circus performers that they worked with, and hence the idea of Circus Boss was born. Welcome. Can you tell us about why you do what you do in the circus world? Absolutely. I mean, thank you for having us here. First of all, it's great to be here. This is Eileen speaking now. Um, I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Brock, and I use she, her pronouns. Great. And, you know, first I became obsessed with learning about business and marketing myself because I always had really big visions and I needed to learn how to make them happen. So I quickly learned that to be, to produce the, uh, produce the events and produce the performances that I wanted to myself, I had to master those skills. And in the lifetime of learning all those skills myself, I realized there weren't enough resources out there for circus professionals. And so that started my desire to teach others. But then also, I also have a just a passion for advocacy and performers rights and helping people learn how to take care of themselves and stand up for themselves. Because I've seen, especially we do a lot of we did a lot of work in the events industry. And I just see a lot of, unfortunately, um, performers not getting respected and getting treated fairly. And so I'm super passionate about teaching performers how to stand up and and represent themselves. Hmm. So it's something like a little bit of skill building as well as teaching them to advocate for themselves. Absolutely. And just knowing, knowing the bigger picture, you know, especially as a performer, you just kind of know your world. And so understanding like, you know, I've been a casting director, I've been a choreographer, a show director, event planner, like I understand the needs of all of those roles. And mm. so teaching performers as well, how they can improve, not only advocate, but also improve their um, desirability, their, um, what's another word for that? I don't know. They can be more helpful. Yeah. Well, I guess my next question is, um, And maybe, Brock, you can take this one. In your opinion, what's the biggest business need among circus artists? And does it differ depending on their role in the industry or their experience level and things like that? That is a very big question. (laughs) Um, Sorry. Let me me think about that for a minute. Because I I, I think it it does differ depending on who, you know who the person is and where they're at. I know one thing that we've been talking a lot about recently are rates. Mm -hmm. And that's really a huge area where I think a lot of people need help, especially people who are in the the gig economy or people who are in a position where they have to, where they are selling themselves, you know, to a touring show, to an event planner or producer understanding how to set their rates adequately is something that we see people need a lot of help with. Mm. And it probably differs in each situation, right? Because I mean, if you're applying to work with a company that's touring, they probably have a budget and that 
your rates may or may not play into that. So then you have to learn how to negotiate, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's so many different facets of how that all works together and um, how you advocate for yourself that it, it, it can really depend on the situation. But yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Well, mm-hmm. and I think that we, you know, we tend to go from project to project mindset and forget to look at the bigger picture and understanding that, yes, if a show or a contract isn't going to pay you as much as you had calculated that you're going to need, then how do you fulfill that need? So you're not just like using credit cards to fill in the gaps. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. make a plan to like, okay, if I'm going to take this contract now, then in between these two contracts, then I'm going to go take this other job where I can make a bunch of money, put some in savings, pay off things, and then go do the next contract. Like just having that level of um, intimacy and knowledge with your finances and your financial needs. And then you know, not, not being afraid or having any shame of like having to take other work in between, or, you know, it's just that like, um, not being afraid of knowing your numbers and looking at the bigger financial picture is, is a huge need. Right. Because if you don't look at them, they don't go away. You still, you just don't have a good grip on them. So I totally get that. Um, so can you give a circus artist three sort of brief tips on to help them resharpen their tools for reentering the workforce after this long delay? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's such a good time to think about reestablishing your network and looking for new opportunities. Um, first check in with your connections, like let them know what you've been up to during this whole time and let them know about your availability. Don't be afraid to connect with people that you've worked with in the past, but also remember to keep it two-sided and show that you also care about them because we've all been through something um, mm. life-changing together, right? And so it's yes. not just about you pitching yourself to them. Like, Use it as a chance to also ask what they've been up to and what they have on the horizon that you might be able to help them with. Um, and then to not just do this, but not just do this with your past contacts, contacts, remember to look for new opportunities in your market because there's new agencies, companies, and shows. A lot of people have started new businesses and new ventures. So really taking the time to search what's new. You can do that searching, of course, on Circus Talk. You can search online. And also, Kim, I saw a great article. I just want to remind people if they didn't see it before that was uh, called Network Your Way Out of Isolation. Mm-hmm. And you gave oh, some cool. really great tips in there of how to how to do this, how to expand your network. Oh, thanks for the shout out. (laughs) Yeah. And then just building on the financial sustainability um, side that we've kind of touched on briefly, like big picture, I have some really specific recommendations that I think help um, kind of get people started. And one is to start to build an emergency fund, because I, I think a lot of us, especially here in the U.S., don't have enough of a cushion when something unexpected happens to be able to cover that. So um, I think $1,500 here in the U.S. is is probably just a, a good basic place to start. Um, you know, if you're international, you could just look at, you know, what your rent is or what your mortgage is and maybe go from there to to see what feels good for you. So that's just a little bit of money that you set aside that's used for emergencies only. So not for vacations, not for training, <laughs> just to have for that, those unexpected emergencies. Not and for then, a new costume. Right, yeah, no. right. <laughs> that's, that's different savings. <clears throat> and then um, 
Second is reducing the amount of debt. I think that's a huge one. Um, so just making a plan to pay off debt is a great first start. And, you know, you can go online and, and type in free debt calculator. And those are online calculators that you can put in how much debt you have, how much you can either pay each month or at what point in the future what's your time frame for paying your debt off? And those calculators will spit out a number that says you need to pay this much per month, or if you mm. pay this much per month, this is how long it will take you. So I think a lot of us kind of avoid the debt side of things too. And it's just good to sit down and, and really look at that to make sure that you're financially stable. And then mm. lastly, uh, I think what's really important is to start to build longer term savings. And mm -hmm. this is an area where I think everybody can uh, look at to see what feels good for them to build more, more cushion. Um, it helps <clears throat> alleviate stress too. So you'll see standard financial advisors say three to six months of living expenses. That's what you should have saved in your long-term savings. But honestly, given how hard the circus industry was hit and how specialized a mm. lot of performer skills are and how high risk they are, um, I think it's better to be on the safe side. And, you know, we've talked with just the two of us and we're aiming more for like nine to 12 months of expenses that we want to have saved just after what we've experienced going through the pandemic. So mm -hmm. that's just a little bit of food for thought with finances. A big yeah. test. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the last, if we still have time, <laughs> Go ahead, sure. we have so many thoughts to share on all of this, but um, the third part of like coming back from all of this is just to make a plan to be performance ready and to be honest with where you currently are. Everyone's in a different place. Some people were able to double down on their training and other people didn't have access to training at all. Um, some people got to perform online. Some people haven't performed in over a year and a half. So first of all, it's just being honest with where you are. And mm -hmm. I think on some level, we all strive to be yes people. So I do get a little concerned for performers that haven't been able to train or perform that might feel pressured to be at that same performance level they were before the pandemic. So, mm -hmm. you know, like if you're working your way back, just first, I would plan some informal performances, set a deadline to work towards, get yourself in front of an audience, even in the studio, invite your friends, invite coaches, colleagues, whoever you can, just to get yourself in front of an audience again, before you have to be in front of a paid audience, right? Yeah. And if you do get asked to perform, to do a performance that you aren't ready for physically, like, I just want to give permission to people as much as they can to either if they can alter the act or be honest about how much time they need to prepare, because mm -hmm. we're all excited to get back to performing, but this is not a good time to get injured. Yes. So, um, yeah, no, really nobody wants point. another intermission right now. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Brock, did you have something? Um, you know, and I think in line with that too, people, especially with really specialized equipment, it's a good time to pull the equipment out too, and make sure the equipment is performance ready as well. Like just do give every piece of equipment a once over, especially if it's aerial or, you know, stilts or something that's, mm -hmm. that's a, a really specialized prop. It's, 
and it's been sitting for a while, pull that out and check it really, really well. And, you know, practice on that too, as part of your, um, part, part of getting performance ready. That's great. That's great advice. Thank you. So, um, my last question, and it's just, um, kind of a big one, but I think we can come up with a couple things. Um, looking ahead to the performance season this year, and then as things heat back up and in 2022, um, if, you know, if there's no more lockdowns, um, what's one tool that you think every circus artist needs to get more jobs? And I'm not begging for um, any shout outs this time. I just really want to know. <laughs> one tool that every circus performer should have to get more jobs? Yes. I'm going to think on that for a second. I mean, is it like your resume? Is it a sizzler reel? Is it a trailer? Is it, you know, okay. I, actually, kind of I do have something. So, I mean, of course we need all the basics of like your, your you know, CV or cover letter. And I'm a big advocate of personalizing your cover letters for whoever you're applying for. Do, take time to do the research. Uh, I'm going to give a long list of things, no cold DMS, like build a relationship <laughs> before you pitch yourself. But the biggest thing that I see that's kind of new that um, I've seen people doing and I think is going to be very powerful is like we need to acknowledge where the the bigger picture is of our world <laughs> and how we market and how we communicate. And so mm -hmm. much is going towards video that um, I think there is room for having learning how to do a good introduction about who you are and what your strengths are and what type of work you're looking for. And learning how to communicate the experience that you provide through your performances and doing an intro where somebody gets to have build a relationship with you as a person before they see your performances, like just mm -hmm. creating a video. That's like an introduction with you speaking, describing what you do. And then you have the video of just you as the performer, because traditionally so much, unless you're doing a specific audition, the, where they tell you they want an intro so much of people's acts, sorry, videos are just of their acts and on stage. And I mm -hmm. feel like we are, it's more about, we, we as humans are more moving more in the direction of like, we need that personal connection. And if yeah. you look at every other type of business, there's just more and more of this talking head video where you're getting to know the person. And mm -hmm. I, I see that that can benefit people. I've seen some performers doing that already and it always stands, <clears throat> excuse me, it always stands out in my eye of like, oh yeah, cool. Now I, I actually feel like I know that person more That's than such just a good see tip. them perform. Yeah, that makes so much sense because you really want to see the person's demeanor and what their attitude's like. And if you can't have that in-person face-to-face meeting, you don't get that opportunity for that. So that's brilliant. Yeah, Thank you so it, much. It makes you more memorable too, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get to see the sparkle in their eyes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I don't know if video conveys that so well, but, you know, it's, it's a start. Well, well, thanks again for being my guest today. And uh, we really look forward to hearing more from Circus Boss. And, um, yeah, we appreciate what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. And we really appreciate what you all are doing as well. Thank you. That's all for today's Press Pass with the Editor, your front row access to what's happening in the performance world. It's all the circus news in your ear. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and consider taking a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can reach more people interested in circus and the performing arts. As a professional online resource and employment tool for the international circus community, we want to hear from you what you want and what you need in the circus world. Please reach out. 